across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. I'm going to read you the menu. It's fantastic. So we get better flavour because of the fen soil. I've drunk more beer since I came here and bought my two barrels than I've ever done in my life before, I think. I shouldn't have said almonds. They don't make it from almonds. <laughs> so you've got this big sticky mess when you start off. Pizza pot pies. My wife's cakes are selling up hot cakes. Brilliant, thank you. The time is right for this sort of thing. Food is everything. Cambridge is right for this sort of thing. What's it like? <laughs> Good afternoon and welcome to Flavour with Matt Bentman, Sue Bailey and me, Alan Alder. And thanks to Ollie Slack for the hour of sport. Today, on the day that pubs and restaurants are allowed to reopen, we find out how different the experience is going to be. We talk to three Cambridge restaurateurs and the owner of three Cambridge pubs and ask when they're reopening and how differently they're having to operate to ensure the safety of the public and their staff. They've all been involved in deliveries or collections in recent weeks too. So will that continue? We find out about that too. And there are two new places opening. Barbarella's in High Street Chesterton opened very recently and Thrive in Norfolk Street opened on Wednesday. We speak with both. We take a trip to the allotments in Trumpington to meet Dave Fox and get some growing advice from him. We'll also have food and drink news throughout the programme, including some job vacancies, but let's begin with some long-awaited good news. Tequila! We spoke with some of those who are reopening either this weekend or soon after, and we found that being a pioneer is, well, not surprisingly, a time of trepidation. Here's Rich Holmes of Pint Shop. We've been open, you know, we've had store open for takeaways for a couple of months now, and it's gradually got busier as the lockdown has been eased. I think what nobody really knows is how people are going to feel about going inside buildings with others because so far everything's been outside and the weather's been pretty good on the whole to support that. You know, we're excited and nervous about Saturday, so let's, you know, fingers crossed that um, that people come and and that they feel safe. I think that's, I think making customers feel safe is is a real challenge in the, in the next few months. It's the, it's, the, it's the great unknown, really, isn't it? I, you know, it's been a torrid time for everybody in the industry and um, you know, I know some people aren't reopening straight away we are because the finances dictate that we really need to try and push on so yeah I just let's see and I hope, I hope, I hope customers have got the confidence to, to come back out I think they because we really need them to be honest uh, it's been a, been a tough time and taking up the theme Alex Creppy from Amelie in the Grafton Centre And Richard Naismith now from the Milton Brewery, owner of the Devonshire Arms, Haymaker and Queen Edith pubs in Cambridge. I hope people are going to understand 
one of the things that should make people feel safe is the attention given to hygiene, and a lot of attention is being given to hygiene. Here's Rich Holmes, Alex Creppy, and Richard Naismith again. We've gone through a whole risk assessment process for this. You know, we've invested in uh, PPE for the team where they where they feel that they want to wear that. Invested in screens between tables, and put things like one-way systems and extra signage and, and things like that in place. We're not we talked about temperature checks. We decided not to do that for for the foreseeable. But we've, everyone's aware of their obligations to inform us if they're not feeling well, and we're aware of you know, what we have to do in in those circumstances. Firstly, we make sure all our members of staff are given the correct PPE, so that's masks, um, washing their hands regularly, uh, making sure that they are wearing a different pair of shoes coming in so that it's a lot more hygienic. All, every single table is going to have a, a hand wash spray. We will deliver everything to the table, all the cutlery and everything per customer rather than having in buckets as we had before. Um, the kitchen has always been kept at the utmost cleanliness, but we're going to make sure that it's um, even higher, making sure that everything's cleaned down um, using disinfectant. We really do take this very seriously. Our table's already separated out by a metre, so that that's also helped us plan ahead. We will be checking our uh, staff daily, or, or even before each shift, temperature checks, etc. Uh, we will not be checking customers, although if customers um, request a check, the facility will be there. We will be taking uh, details in line with uh, government guidance, uh, but we will be doing it in a very low-key way, and, and it will you know, be a, a piece of paper. Um, what, with a sort of phone number on, something like that? Absolutely. I mean, we, we are complying with, with all um, government uh, legislation, but we're doing it, we're, we're doing it in the, the lightest touch a way we can, uh, we can do. Unlike the others, Maurizio in Mill Road isn't opening until probably the 17th of July, and that's because of some very hygienic changes. And now we are uh, starting a very deep clean to make sure that the safety obviously of our team and our customer come first. This gave us a chance as well to build brand new toilets. You know, the surfaces you don't need to touch, like the turning on the light, the light that will come on by themselves when you walk in. Uh, you know, we talk about the end dryer, you obviously there are the go sensors. Because obviously we're building this new toilet, we had the chance to choose uh, the most safe way to do it. So Maurizio opens around the 17th of July but check his social media for confirmation. Pine Shop opens today. It's open now, in fact, until 7pm. So Maurizio opens on the 17th of July, but check their social media for confirmation. Pine Shop in Wheeler Street opened today at noon, so it's open right now, and until 7pm, as it will be every Friday, Saturday and Sunday this month, and it will be reviewed. Amelie is open now as well, also until 7pm, and will be open from Wednesday to Sundays. The Haymakers in High Street Chesterton is open for drinks now. The Devonshire Arms and Queen Edith pubs from tomorrow, Sunday. Uh, the food is slightly different. More on that in a moment. In all the places we spoke to, menus will be smaller too. Here are Rich Holmes from Pint Shop, Alex Creppy from Amelie and Richard Naismith from the Milton Brewery. We're going to reduce the menu probably by 
by about 40 to 50 percent in all honesty um some things naturally fade away so we used to have large party menus which you know we don't need those for the foreseeable and just the amount of dishes on our menu in total will, will reduce we're going to run with um well four starters eight main courses and five desserts to begin with um and the reason for that is it's twofold really we carry the kind of stock levels that we carried previously in case there's a, a repeat of a close down or, or either locally or nationally and also the team the size of the team that we've got to, to kind of work with for the foreseeable is much smaller than we used to have we're going to run with a very tight team um, for cost reasons and it, therefore it's much easier to execute a small menu than it is a large menu the actual amount on the menu we, we simplify the menu a lot just because Again, all the businesses are the same. I think although we're reopening, it's not going to be business as usual. There are a lot of restrictions in place for the customer and for us. So we've minimized the menu to make it as simple as possible for our team to make sure that they can focus on hygiene um, and making sure that the customer um, gets the safety that they, they require. So we've simplified it to a few Vemkush, a couple of starters and desserts. So it is very much, we're not going to have all these dishes that we had before. We're not doing food in the haymakers until the Monday. We will be doing limited sort of snacks only in the Devonshire on uh, Sunday, but we'll be doing a full food service um, uh, with a slightly cut down menu at the uh, Queen Edith from the Sunday. As part of the drive for improved hygiene, the physical menu will be different too, as Maurizio explains. We are also online uh, menus at the moment to see which is the safest way to do it but we also think then perhaps how we used to do it is still very safe like we got our board where every day we write what we're cooking and we just show them to people uh, so yeah so it's a bit of a mix from what we used to do and we obviously and something new we're looking into it yeah Getting a table in restaurants will normally involve booking. Here's Maurizio again. People then they're going to probably book. Maybe have like three large tables inside and maybe have some, you know, two or three couples. So it'd be, it'd be, it'd be a very safe space for people to come, you know. But you can still make last-minute, spur-of-the-moment decisions. Rich Holmes. So for, for reopening, we're only going to turn on the reservations for this weekend. So we're going to do the weekend and we're going to learn know make sure we've done it right because we've changed table plans etc but once we get into it we'll just the reservations will be on and if there's availability they can book two minutes before they walk through the door if, they, they, if that's what they want to do if there's availability so yeah well reservations will be live and if there's availability then they can and i think what we what we'd hope to do in time is move it back to how it was before so that you can book if you want to but equally you can turn up and, and see whether we've got availability uh, without booking but I think for the moment just to manage you know, the amount of people arriving at the door at the same time, the flow of customers through the building which is going to be bookings only for the time being. Many of us over this lockdown period have enjoyed collections or deliveries from restaurants and they will continue because they've been successful. Here's Maurizio. And then he grow and grow and grow the extent where now I think we are very settled with the delivery systems. But once people order the pizza, they can either pick it up from the pizza hatch, which is a window on the street that he opens, and that's been 
pizza, so people order the pizza and the pizza, or we would deliver ourselves to different addresses around Petersfield, and um, you know we've been going to Chesterton, Cherrington, and Grantchester, and so on. Um, so yeah, we will keep that going as well. Our new business, which is the pizza delivery, will carry on on top of um, reopening and having people in the rest. And, and so successful that they may be expanded. Rich from Pint Shop and then Alex from Amelie. Yeah, the, the, the Pint Shop at home has, has been good, actually. It's been really, you know, we were quite nervous doing it to begin with because we sort of, we started it a couple of months ago when there was still a full lockdown in place. Um, but actually, it's been amazing getting out and about and seeing our customers in their homes. Um, uh, the response has been incredible and people have been super grateful for being able to get you know, a little slice of normality through all this to their doorstep. Um, so, you know, as long as there is demand there, we will definitely continue that. Um, we've actually talked about adding a midweek delivery to it as well. Um, we're going to carry on with the flat pack. The Flemkush flat pack is comes as four bases, and you get all the ingredients for the authentic. And we're going to carry on that um, 100%. People still really enjoy it. I know there's a lot of people that are still isolating at home, um, and a lot of people do enjoy making their families. Kids love it, families love it, couples love it. Um, it's just a great activity to do. And it's so easy. You, don't, you just put the ingredients together and you pop it in and you've just got exactly the same product back at home. We're working on getting the right installation for delivery as well so that we can send it at longer distances, hopefully nationwide. Um, and that's our next project. And Milton Brewery's beers can be collected with food again, though not direct from the brewery. Richard Naismith explains. We're hoping, uh, and obviously all of this is subject to change and and, uh, and the like. But um, we we are not going to do collections from the brewery anymore. But we will do uh, collections from each of the pubs, and again, that will be uh, bookable via the uh, pubs' websites. And you will be able to book a slot, a small window to collect your um, beer and food. And you just heard the voices of Rich Holmes from Pint Shop, Maurizio from Maurizio in Mill Road, Alex from Amelie in the Grafton Centre, and Richard Naismith from Milton Brewery. Some news now. Restaurant 22 in Chesterton Road is to reopen on the 2nd of September. Bookings can be made through the website restaurant22.co.uk. Midsummer House is reopening on the 24th of July. Bookings are at the Midsummer House website. That's midsummerhouse.co.uk. Let's talk about the Indigo Cafe. It's in St Edward's Passage. It's a wonderful little place, and it is little. The sign in their window states that the cafe is just 2.4 metres wide, which makes social distancing especially tough to maintain. Now, as such, their plan is to open over the next couple of months during the warm, sunny days when they do have outdoor seating and can do takeaways. They'll keep indoor downstairs seating closed off, whilst upstairs will be invitation only to large groups. The Indigo Cafe, incidentally, featured on Flavour back in 2014, and I really enjoyed it there. The Maypole Pub is opening today. One and two hour table bookings can be made at the website info at maypolefreehouse.co.uk. It's going to be open on Saturdays from 12 noon until 11pm and Sunday to Friday from 12 till 2 and 5 till 11. 
the wandering yak street food who specialise in plant, grain, herb and spiced-focused dishes will be outside the post office in Willingham from 5 till 8-ish today. That's Saturday. No need to order in advance. La Maison du Steak in Hills Road reopens today. And Mercado Central in Green Street will be opening on the 19th of August. Reservations can be made right now. Bold Brothers Coffee is opening its Regent Street branch and they're promising great promotions and that starts today. Limoncello, the Italian delicatessen and cafe on Mill Road, is reopening tomorrow. Bookings can be made by calling Cambridge 507-036. Now, as places start to reopen from this weekend on, it's also good to know that there are brand new businesses just launching. Or just lunching, in this case, seeing as our next feature is about a cafe. Gemma Whiting grew up near the Blackwater Estuary, where Malden Salt and Tiptree Jam is made. She opened the Linton Kitchen in Linton several years ago, and now she's opening a new cafe here in Cambridge. It's called Barbarella's, and it's in Chesterton High Street. Now, Gemma, I think we first spoke to you back in 2018. There was a phrase you used. You said, you grew up in a house where the back door was always open. There's always the kettle on, there's always cake in the tin, there's always a nice dinner. I think, in a way, that was your ethos behind the Linton kitchen. Now, of course, there is Barbarella. Yeah, oh, it's, you know, it's been in the pipeline for a year and we've had setback after setback, but we're finally there. I opened the Linton kitchen, my first cafe, in April 2013, carried on the business relationship with Simon. That would be Simon Fraser of Hot Numbers, who has cafes on Gwydis Street, Trumpington Street, and also a Hot Numbers roastery in Royston, which we visited just a few episodes ago. So we have always stocked Hot Numbers coffee in the Linton kitchen. I really like single origin, that sort of relic from Australia, seasonal single origin coffee beans. Both Gemma and Simon have spent time in Australia working in cafes and both falling in love with the cafe culture there and bringing back a portion of it to their respective cafes here. Just the relaxed vibe of sitting on a pavement outside a cafe, (laughs) sipping a flat white. It's just, yeah, good way of life. He got into the technical side of roasting coffee, Mm. coming from an engineer background, whereas I've come from a more creative background. So we have discussions about the fact that he likes Melbourne and I like Sydney. It's too cold down in Melbourne for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a flat white. This is a flat white. Now, hang on. Let's put Australia aside and get back to Cambridge. After all, this is a feature about Barbarella's. Take it away, Jim. We've just got such a lovely community cafe. It's been so well received and so well supported, especially during COVID. We sort of kept it open doing home deliveries and things like that. And Barbarella, let's just state for the listener exactly where it is in Cambridge. So it's in East Chesterton. So it's on the outside of the Ring Road, nearly opposite the Haymakers pub, 37 High Street, Chesterton. It's in the old Blue Moon Barbers. Ah, I got you. You opened just recently. Yeah, so we decided we'd open it as a pop-up. At the moment, we do cake and coffee. In time, we'll be doing some sort of small plates and brunches, and we do bread to take away. And then in the long run, once things improve and we can have people sat inside safely again, we'll close down, do the full refurb, and then we'll open up with the full offering. Mm -hmm. It's been a barber's, we think, for nearly 100 years, and it... It had the original barber's pole with like beautiful hand-blown glass, which is like, it's slightly rippled because it's so old, Mm. with the red and white barbershop pole. 
stripped down. We've now got a pink and gold barbershop pole because we thought it was quite fitting. Hence the name Barbarella. We've just feminised this very masculine building. <laughs> oh, hang on, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Right, hang on. Let me just grab him. Whilst Gemma attends to her baby, now is a good time to switch over to Imogen Hall, who runs the Botanical Alchemist. That's a florist and flower farm from Newmarket, and they have partnered up with Gemma at Barbarella's Cafe. Anybody who goes along will find that it's almost an even split between the Botanical Alchemist and, well, the, the food and drink that they're serving. Edible flowers, that is. This is what their collaboration is about. Edible flowers that go along with her cakes. Yeah edible flowers some people have them on cocktails that sort of thing grown pesticide free and designed to go on top of cakes and pastries and on top of cocktails and things because they're very pretty and small and obviously edible so it works very well together i think the popular ones at the moment have been violas and pansies that sort of thing they're very pretty they're very delicate they're very small purples whites lilacs yellows they make them very popular there's quite a lot of foliages that are edible, things like mint, lemon balm, that sort of thing. Other flowers like campanulas, nasturtiums, a lot of people will have in their garden anyway, not knowing what they are, not realising that they're edible. Even honeysuckle is edible as well. Mm. Yes. To be able to expand to work with local businesses like Gemma, where we can explore edibles, is really nice. Just going to cut back to Gemma now. Her baby's gone for a nap. Last June, you did a feature for us, Wild Food. You were talking about things like making violet syrup, lilac sugar, lavender sugar, thyme sugar. And, yeah. you know, how you can make a really nice gin and tonic with that, or it can go into a Victoria sponge, gathering wild garlic to make pestos. This cookery of yours is what will feature at Barbarella's. Yeah, I mean, the menu is going to be different. So Linton Kitchen, you know, we are out in a big village. We are the only cafe locally. Mm. So we do very traditional sandwiches, like loads of BLTs. Everyone loves a quiche. <laughs> Scones are always popular. But we've actually got a kitchen space at Barbarella where we can cook food to order. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be able to do some more hot brunches and lunches. We're also near the river, so we hope that we can sell some picnic items so you can come to us and grab some bread and pastries and cheese and things like that and head down to the riverbank. Yeah. We're using grain culture bread from Ely. He delivers every Tuesday and Friday. And we've got his lovely pan au chocolat and croissants, pastry, sourdough bread. Mm. And then we're going to be using his breads in our menu once we get up and running in a few months' time. Okay. With regards to interesting flavours, we're doing it at the moment, like making seasonal jams using our different herbs and different flavoured cordials and things like that. You know, this year we've just harvested our first honey, which we keep up on a local farmer's field, which is absolutely delicious. Because there's so many other cafes in the area, we might stand out because we're creative with our menu. We just can't wait until COVID blows over and we can get going at full power. Excellent. Well, thanks, Gemma. Thank you so much. Have a nice <laughs> afternoon. Okay, you too. Bye. 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 That was Gemma Whiting of the new Barbarella Cafe on Chesterton High Street, which is nearly opposite the Haymakers pub. If you want to check out some of their wares online, you know, their cakes, their flowers, their cakes with edible flowers, you can see it all on Instagram at barbarella.cafe. 
Incidentally, the flowers are a key feature of the place too, courtesy of Imogen Hall at the Botanical Alchemist, and you can find her arrangements on her website, thebotanicalalchemist.co.uk, as well as on Instagram, where you can find her at the underscore botanical underscore alchemist. More news now. Tonight at the Fox in Burwell, steak and honour are serving from 5 till 8pm. Orders should be made from order.steakandhonour.co.uk. Bagel Box, which has been back on Cambridge's Sunday market for the last couple of weeks, will resume trading on Tuesdays and Wednesdays from next week. That's good news. Amelie's Flomkouche are available for delivery, along with delights like homemade lemonade and baguettes. Details and the place to order can be found on the website amelierestaurants.co.uk, and you can also phone Alex with your order. His number is 07834 554 602. Pizza on the Peace is still available from Parker's Tavern from 12.30 Tuesday to Sunday, but it won't be around forever. Details and the place to order are at parkerstavern.com. The Plough in Shepworth has a takeaway tonight from 5.30 to 7.30. Details are on their social media, but basically it's a Moroccan feast with two courses for £18. And the Lalbag Indian restaurant is sticking with takeaway only for the foreseeable future. I'm free. And a reminder of the Olio app, from which you can get free food. Yeah, and it's still providing some good items. Examples of what's been recently available include uh, six free-range eggs, homegrown chard, and various items from Pret-a-Manger, including wraps, salads, and sandwiches. And don't miss out on another free app called Too Good To Go. This is used by several food outlets in and around Cambridge to sell any unsold goods they have shortly before they close, at knockdown prices too. On to more news now about restaurant openings. First, here's Look Thai at the White Horse in Barton. We're opening on Saturday the 4th, but it will be a very different pub environment with larger spacing, smaller groups and booking advised. This is a new departure for the White Horse in Barton. And what type of food are you going to be having? We're going to be doing our award-winning Thai food, which is currently being done at the Cricketers and, and still will be. But also we're going to do some classic pub grub, simple dishes to cater for a wider variety of tastes. And you've also got a lovely outside garden and a lot of space. We have 17 or 18 tables outside on a grassed area. If necessary, we'll put more tables on the two big car park areas. So we should, on a nice day, be able to accommodate quite a lot of people. However, because of the distances involved from the kitchen and the bar, bearing in mind it is table service only, service might be a little slower than we would wish. We all have to adapt to these changing times, don't we? Thank you very much. So that was Jeremy Newson, the revamped White Horse, and it's looked at the White Horse in Barton. And next, here's the Pantry Farm Shop and Cafe, and now Bar, at the Pear and Olive in Hildersham. The bar is going to be open Thursday, Friday, Saturday till 9 with a limited menu. Doing a, a, a flatbread gourmet, flatbread pizza and Wagyu burgers. We're also doing a flatbread burgers and ribs as well, barbecue ribs. And that is just when the bar is open? Yeah, exactly. That's going to be from uh, 5 to 9. The, the farm shop's open. It's going, it's going to be open every day from 9 to uh, 5. Does one need to make bookings? 
Well, at the moment, what you, what you have to do because uh, in, you know you know what's going on with uh, with the opening, we have to actually track uh, every uh, people who comes with their uh, name and phone number. And so the easiest way for us at the moment is to go online on the uh, pantry website, and this, you can you know, actually get a ticket in uh, in the website. You can get a ticket, and uh, then you can put your information, and then we can track it that way. If somebody comes in as a walk-in, we have a little card. People can fill up when they come. Uh, but the, the easiest way is really is to go online and take a ticket. That way we have an idea of how many people come during that day and then we can manage. This is for the pantry, farm shop and cafe, which is open every day apart from Tuesdays? Yes, exactly. So so we close, we close on Tuesday and we open Monday, just the farm shop Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday and, and Sunday is farm shop only. We actually call it the bar, so <laughs> it's pretty simple. But it's, a, it's an outside shack. It's really, really cool. So that's going to be called the bar, and then that's from nine to uh, uh, five to nine. But we'll have the food uh, at the bar. More substantial, you know, like the ribs, burgers, pizzas. Some more news about openings now. Modigliani in Mill Road is open weekdays from 8.30 to 4pm and 9 till 4 at weekends, with the exception of Tuesdays, that's when it is closed. And also in Mill Road, but at the other end, the Edge Cafe is reopening for takeaways and sit-down orders from the 13th of July, and it will be open from Monday to Friday, 10 till 3. The Queen's Head in Newton's Jug and Bottle Hatch is open Thursday to Saturday from 6 to 8pm for beer sales, Currently serving Moonshine Breweries, Cambridge Best and Milton Breweries Justinian. Sturt in Chesterton Road has outdoor seating that can be used, though it's not opening indoors just yet. Street food vans Pizza Mondo and the Rural Coffee Project are both at Food Park in Eddington today, Saturday, until 2.30. And the Geographer at 103 Station Road, Impington, is also open today with outside tables for coffees, cakes and lunch. And there's the music that normally signals time for the latest food tweets from the city for today, that's Saturday. But today, we'll use it to remind you that as well as being on Twitter, Flavor can be found on Instagram too, at Flavor105. Thrive is the new plant-based cafe on Norfolk Street. It's taken over the old CB2 cafe premises, so for those who know, that means it's where Norfolk Street meets with East Road. Now, I first visited Thrive back in February, when they were busy preparing things. Now they are finally open. I popped along on Wednesday, which was their cake-away day. Uh, People couldn't go in, but they could order and they could take away. I met with two of the Thrive team, Jeremy and James, to get their thoughts on finally opening. We take food and coffee really seriously. That's what the team came together around, is a love for everyone and a love for food and coffee. Our barista takes coffee very seriously. Thrive, I think it's fair to say, is very much about community. It's very much about local. So what we wanted to do was support Hot Numbers and then support us. We decided on a blend unique to us, which Hot Numbers have kindly roasted. That's really important to us as well, the kind of local company link. Yeah, just pleased to offer that little bit of uniqueness as well, individuality to us. We've done our cake away today, so our delicious homemade cakes with a number of other sweet treats. Marbled flapjack, jaffa cakes, two varieties of cookie, 
Again, we're very conscious of allergens as well. So we've actually got a, a gluten-free brownie, refined sugar-free as well. Like Jeremy said, Jaffa cakes, which I think a lot of people with dietary requirements might have missed. They're all homemade, obviously. Croissants, you know, a plant-based croissant is a rarity. So yeah, a variety of kind of sweet treats, really. Yeah, I mean, I've had to, we've had to share some bad news today, which is that the Jaffa cakes sold out. <laughs> taken an online ordering system so if you want to pre-order your Jaffa Cakes to, um, <laughs> guarantee, so that, so to guarantee them so they don't yeah. sell out and all our social media handles are at Thrive Cambridge and our website thrivecambridge.com uh, do have a look we've had a limited amount of savoury offerings on today but just for example we've had sweet, our sweet potato fries on today all our sauces are made in our kitchen as well so we've had a lovely burnt onion mayonnaise on to go with those we've had a green kind of chili chutney to go with our shoestring onion bhaji fries they're all made in our kitchen by local people so we have a system where people can order at our front door at a table and then we have this piazza with a, a hatch onto it with a window so they can collect their order from there so we get to see them twice it's a bonus <laughs> And it's good to see people using the place. You know, that's what we're here for. We want to see people enjoy great food, great coffee, great drinks. We're, we're looking forward to opening up further from the, the takeaway as soon as we think it's safe to do so, really. And giving employment to local people where there's been such uncertainty over the past few months. We've actually created jobs and gone against the grain a little bit. So we're hopefully going to go from strength to strength and pleased to get any feedback from anyone that's come by. Yeah, do keep an eye on other updates. Well, we wish you all the best (laughs) for the rest of the week and especially from Saturday onwards. Come and check out Thrive, and we hope you do thrive. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, everyone. This also counts as our first socially distanced outside recording for Flavour. So it's great. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That was James and Jeremy at Thrive, the new plant-based cafe. It's also a bistro and venue for live music, poetry, and indeed a hub for people who want to hold their own events there. It's all on Norfolk Street, and if you want to see more of the menu, you can check out their website at thrivecambridge.com. Let's head over to the allotments at Trumpington now, where Alan spoke with gardening expert Dave Fox about what can still be sown, coping with drought conditions and pests. OK, Dave, it's sort of midsummer, or just gone midsummer. Is it, is it still possible to sow things? Oh, yes, yes. It's a, it's a good time to sow, sow lots of veg, so... I would look at carrot, um, beetroot, turnips, uh, spring onions, ironically, fennel. It's a good time to sow fennel because uh, early on, early sowings do tend to bolt and they certainly would have done this year. We had a trail of six or seven weeks of very hot, dry, dry weather. Um, so it's great conditions because there's a little bit of moisture in the soil, thank you. Uh, at last and it's warm so almost everything's going to going to germinate I mean one exception might be lettuce if it's too hot then actually lettuce won't germinate but today in the forecast for tomorrow it'd be fine to get some lettuce in and so that means you can be eating salads um, in late summer and early autumn as July progresses you would then look at sowing some winter hardy varieties of lettuce I use one called um, winter density and another imperial winter so put in a mix of those and they will give me lettuces potentially in November but also a lot of them will last survive the winter and then produce an early crop of lettuces next spring so as, as well as um, filling in gaps and getting some sort of last minute crops in now we're also got to start thinking about what to sow which is going to overwinter and then give us crops uh, early early next year so an example of that would be garlic 
So I'd sow that here in September or October. So I want to now be thinking about where am I gonna where am I gonna put that in my in my in my rotation. After beans, I usually put the brassicas in. Um, because they need the nitrogen. Yeah, that because the beans, the beans are put will in. put a little bit of nitrogen into the soil. Um, after onions, well, almost anything other than, other than other members of the onion family. So bear in mind that sort of golden rule of uh, crop rotations: don't follow, don't follow a crop with another one of the same family, just because of potential disease build-up. Right, but that's where you could put your lettuce. Absolutely. Say, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or peas. I mean, peas is a good one. Yeah, absolutely. There's plenty of time for peas. To, peas are quite fast, so. Yeah, get get, the, get them in. I mean, possibly not at all variety now, because they take a little bit longer. Uh, again, if you were... And, and beans, so dwarf French beans, absolutely. Plenty of time to put them in. Well, I say plenty, a couple of weeks. Um, and you'll be harvesting in, them in September. But I think it's probably a bit late for climbing beans from seed now. Has the weather produced any particular problem with pests? Yes. <laughs> I, um, the black, the uh, black fly, the, the, the um, dark-coloured aphids that we get, um, they just had a free run from early April onwards. I mean, it's the earliest and worst black fly season I've ever, I've ever seen. Couldn't keep them off the broad beans. Right. So I, got, I had a really lousy crop of them. My field beans weren't very good. I've seen black fly on almost on almost everything actually. Yeah. It's as though there isn't space for them on their usual hosts, and they're <laughs> jumping off everywhere else. So if you um, don't want to use chemical methods mm. and we don't what can what can you do just rub them off with your thumb and finger or? oh yeah so early on that's a, that's a very effective strategy yeah the, the uh, manual I mean this is why we have opposing thumb and forefinger <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> um, however when the population gets larger that becomes impractical um, well it does for me I mean because I've got quite a large plot I suppose if you're just looking after a couple a couple of plants I mean what you really want is ladybirds or mm. even better than that ladybird larva which are voracious uh, eaters of, um, of all sorts of aphids. And now the allotment is heavily populated with ladybirds. They're mostly native seven spot that I've seen. I've not seen very many harlequins this year so far. Um, so there's lots of ladybirds doing the job now and I'm not seeing very, very much black fly. However, the damage has already been done to my, to my broad bean. Sucked all the life force out of the plant and yeah. I've left with I've left with a dark and dry stem of a bean plant that never got as far as making pods. So, uh, but the other way, two percent of soap and a little bit of oil, and so you can make this in the in the kit. You make the, I make this out of the kitchen sink. You know, I've got um, uh, a light oil like um, uh, corn oil would be okay, um, and a little bit of uh, washing up liquid. Shake that up into a sprayer. And then spray that onto the um, onto the black fly or, or the or the mealy bug or whatever whatever else it is, and the oil helps the soapy solution stick to them, and I think it basically suffocates them. So I did find a lot of dead black fly still clinging to the <laughs> clinging to the stems. So I did that on an entire bedful of my lovely crimson flowered broad beans, and it saved maybe half of the plants. They do, they do attack runner beans as well. So they've been attacking everything. Yeah, um, right. it's, it's been it's been insane. And I put I put that down to the uh, to the conditions. Was it a mild winter, Alan? Remind me. Yes, it was. We oh, had, there you go. So that's going to mean that there's, yeah. there's, a, there's more. Uh, we had more some frost, but we didn't have any snow. Yeah. yeah. What about, what about, I mean, you've mentioned before the Allium leaf miner. Has has that mm. been around? Not for me. Well, I know you guard against I, it, but I, not everybody I've been, does. I've been carefully um, guarding all my um, onion 
crops. I overwintered. I've got two beds of overwintered onions and two beds of summer onions, and they were all covered until mid-May. When I took the cut, I took the covers off, and I've had some lovely, lovely crops of onions. So, yeah, I know. I mean, the other issue this year, as I think the last two years, is tremendously long periods without rain. Tell me about it. And, I mean, some people in Cambridge, as I'm sure you know, have allotments with no water supply. So, Mm. you know, they have a a very hard time. But uh, what can we do to reduce the need for watering? (laughs) Pray. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah you're right it's been extraordinary I mean if you anyone who doubts that our climate is changing I mean ask someone trying to grow veg around here I and mean, it's been extraordinarily dry and and hot and also yesterday was an example very windy so it's not just the the heat that's drying plants out mm. it's the um, it's the wind I mean I mm. I planted you were asking earlier about what crops to put in I I had a failed failed bed of parsnips so I planted that up with lettuce seedlings and I watered them in uh, very well and I looked at the uh, forecast and it seemed to be overcast this was this was yesterday so I thought I won't won't need to water them again and they got looked pretty poorly by yesterday evening and that's because they've been dried out by the wind so that's another that's another factor I think use mulches so right right next to us we've got some um, we've got some pumpkins and a whole load of straw there and that's ready to um, cover over under, underneath them as the as the pumpkin vines grow and hold in the um, hold in the moisture so so a mulch has several advantages it's going to hold the moisture in there it's going to reduce evaporation by reducing evaporation and it's also going to uh, help to prevent weed growth so yeah and it's also as it's going to start rotting so it's going to be adding some um, organic matter to the soil right. so the sort of that's a triple triple whammy for, for mulching. And, and what, can, what else can you use instead if you haven't got access to straw? Yeah, so I, pr- I prefer straw or, or hay, but any organic material really. I mean, um, even grass clippings, although if they're still decomposing, they can get a bit hot, so you wouldn't want to put them too close to the stem of a, uh, of a delicate um, plant. And um, compost, if you've got, if you've got some thick, la- thick layers of compost, I mean, yeah, spread it, spread it all over. Um, you can also mulch with cardboard weighed down by stuff, although that's probably more of a probably more suitable for winter or when you're breaking in a breaking in a new bed. Um, the black stuff, I suppose. So the um, the soil conditioner made by Amy Sester from the Curbside Collection of Green Waste. That's good. That's um, pretty um, free of weeds. So because of the high temperature process that it goes through, and it's. Closing the circle of recycling, isn't it? They collected it from your from your door, <laughs> and it's, it's, it, come, it comes back. So, yeah. so, so mulching to um, reduce evaporation, keep the moisture in, is probably the first um, the first recommendation. To make watering easier, when you're going to actually apply water, make a little depression as you firm your seedlings in, so that the water collects around the plant and doesn't just go running off. Um, another thing which I do quite a lot of, um, <clears throat> you, I use a swan necked hoe just to draw up a, um, a little ridge of soil either side of the bed so that keeps the water in the bed so there I'm not thinking about um, watering individual plants I'm just soaking the whole bed but I'm losing nothing from the sides and, and the ends where I've mm-hmm. created these, these little mm-hmm. ridges mm-hmm. Um, and just observe so 
um, inevitably water sort of breaks through the dam at some point and then just use your boot to sort of fill, 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 fill that up make sure you don't you don't lose any so at least you're getting the most you're getting the maximum um, benefit out of all that water that you have carried all the long, long way from the uh, from from the water trough um, and some people talk about time of day of watering yes absolutely so what's that all about oh well um, the best times are to water are when you're going to lose the least from immediate evaporation so that means when the sun is down so anytime at night but you can't see what you're doing then so <laughs> uh, early morning or, or late evening are recommended and if you're in a mollusk environment who isn't frankly um, early morning is better because the mollusks tend not to be so active during the day because they're predators and the danger of getting caught out in, in hot sun so um, the mollusks are going to be more effective at night so if you water at nine in the evening then they can come out and have a good munch on your crops over, overnight whereas if you water in the morning they're less, much less likely to do that so that is the um, recommendation. Of course, you know, some people have got other things in their lives like jobs and children, <laughs> <laughs> people have relatives to look after and so on. So, um, you know, coming to the allotment at 6am might not be possible for everyone. But Thanks very much, Dave. Thanks, Alan. It's a pleasure. And that was Dave Fox of Trumpington Allotments. Return of green onions, signalling the start of our job section and the beginning of a return to normality, we hope. A junior sous chef is needed at Little Petra in Mill Road. Applicants should be able to speak Arabic and have worked in a restaurant in Jordan for at least five years. Another vacancy? Stir is looking for chefs and baristas starting in August. You can apply at stircafecambridge at gmail.com. Thrive in Norfolk Street is looking for a head chef. They're focusing on plant-based, homemade dishes made from locally sourced products. There's usually someone at Thrive you can speak to if you want more information. Restaurant 22 in Chesterton Road is looking for a pastry chef. Responsibilities include baking two varieties of fresh bread daily, making home-cultured and flavoured butters and developing petit four. Further details can be accessed via their tweet from the 30th of June. To apply, you can just email alex at restaurant22.co.uk. And that's all the time we have for today. We're here on Alternate Saturdays at 1pm, repeated on Sunday at 2pm, Monday at 6pm, and then podcast early in the week. And coming up on Cambridge 105 Radio today, after the news at 2, is Women Making Waves. At 3 o'clock it's the Eddington Hour, but that is all from us, and we will be back on the 18th of July. So, until then... Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.